today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Job's wife looked at the situation and she said, Job, curse God and die. And Job replied, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Sometimes the trouble we go through is the best gift he ever gives you because it helps you to number your days that you might apply your heart to wisdom. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. Today, Pastor Ed tells us that Solomon found wisdom to be greater than money. Solomon had both vast amounts of money and great wisdom. He found that of the two, though, only wisdom could help him come closer to God and stand with God faithfully in personal times of sorrow. In fact, Solomon for a time left God, and it was because of his wisdom that he recognized the pointlessness of all things without God. Strive to gain wisdom in God, and you'll find everything else starts to make sense. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. to go to Bible college. He went to Valley Forge Christian College. And now he pastors in Dover, Pennsylvania in a small country church. He didn't become a Billy Graham or an Orr Roberts. But God knew his plan for this man, that he would be pastoring in Dover, Pennsylvania. See, God knows what he's doing. You may not see all of the picture and understand all of the parts, but you simply need to trust him. Now, there are times, there are times that you wonder what in the world is going to happen next. Um, Jeremiah, the prophet, says in the 10th chapter, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger, for I would die. Jeremiah simply prayed, Lord, I know that you're the one who directs our lives. That should be all of our prayers, all of our desires. Lord, direct my steps. Order my steps in the way you want me to go. Guide, direct. Now, when you walk with God, it's an adventure. When you obey God, there's ups and downs, twists and turns. It's an exciting life. It's not dull following the Lord. Now, it reminds me of a sign that was outside a store in the UK. There was a store in the UK, and they had this sign outside. We have been established for over a 100 years and have been pleasing and displeasing our customers ever since. We have made money and lost money, suffered the effects of coal nationalization, coal rationing, government control, and bad prayers. We have been cussed and discussed, 
messed about, lied to, held up, robbed, and swindled. The only reason we stay in business is to see what happens next. (laughs) And sometimes that's the way you feel about the journey. God, what's going to happen next? What Solomon is telling us is this. Walk wisely with God and trust him in every season of life. And now he shows us in the verses to follow in chapter 7 how to trust him in some of those seasons that are very, very difficult. And if you look at chapter 7, he says, wisely embrace what is best in the difficult seasons of life. Wisely embrace what is best in the difficult seasons of life. And I chose to use verses 11 and 12 because it captures what goes before it in verses 1 through 10. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing. And it benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, that wisdom preserves the life of its possessor. What it's saying is, it's good to have wisdom and money. Uh, you know, you, you lose a job, you can pay the mortgage. Uh, you need medical care, you, you could pay for the medical care. Uh, you're able to help someone in a time of need. Uh, wisdom and money are good, it's like a shelter, but wisdom is better because It'll help you navigate wisely through the difficult seasons of life. And the first thing that he does is he he takes us to um, the funeral parlor. He takes us to the house of mourning. In verses 1 to 4, what he says, it's better to reflect on your death than ignore it. That's counterculture, especially with our society. We do everything not to think about it. But Solomon says, think about it. Now, in verse 2, it says, Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Now, think about that. Now, I want you to picture... We're together at a 16th birthday party, and they happen to ask one of the pastors to come and pray and maybe do something. That, and all of a sudden, they begin talking about death and talking about getting ready for the coming of the Lord, talking about... All of a sudden, you say, well, I'm not going to listen to them today. You know, you sort of close that door. Or you come to a, a, a celebration party, and it's a, it's a big party celebrating an anniversary, and all of a sudden, uh, I, I make an altar call to commit your life to Christ at this moment. You don't know you could not have next year's anniversary, you know, whatever it might. You're not going to be, you're not going to lend me a ready ear. But let's say it's a funeral service. And I talk to you about one day, um, you'll be in that casket, I'll be in that casket. Um, you learn a lot at a funeral service. It helps you to stop, to pause, to think. And Solomon is saying, don't put off thinking about 
dying. Now, don't get stuck in that and get morbid. He's not saying do that. But he is saying this, recognize the mortality of your life and that one day life will be over. Think about death, meeting God, leaving this world behind. If someone said you have six months to live, how would that change everything in your life? If the doctor said six months and that's the end, you'd be working at getting your house in order. You'd be working at maybe making sure everything was right and you were ready to meet the Lord. And so Solomon is counseling us, be real careful. Now, in those verses 1 to 4, he says, A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day you die is better than the day you're born. Uh, What he wants us to think about is this first perfume, cologne. The fragrance goes after a time, but a good reputation lasts. The day... Of your death is better than the birth. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, when a child is born, especially in biblical culture and in Chinese culture and in um, African culture, names are often given with meaning. They, they symbolize a hope that the parents have for that child, that son or daughter. And what Solomon was saying is that when a child is born... Well, you really don't know how their life is going to turn out. They may be a good person. They may be a bad person. They may have a good reputation. They may have a bad reputation. You don't know what life is going to be like. But when a person dies, it's settled. If they have been a good person and they have a good reputation, that, it's settled. It's, it's finished. And that's what's remembered. So the day of a man's death is better, better than his birth because at the end you know what he's accomplished or she's accomplished. You, you know how the race has been run. And so he, he goes on to say that sorrow is important. Tears have a way of washing the pollution of our soul away. Sorrow has a way of cleansing the impurities of our heart. Blessed are those that mourn, weep over their sinful condition. It's sobering, especially godly sorrow that helps us to live a godly and a holy life. Solomon is saying the house of mourning is important. It's important to spend time not just in frivolous things, not just in wasting our time. Then he goes on to say something else. It is better to learn from a rebuke than the dull pain in laughter. Than to dull pain in laughter. Now, verses 5 to 6. Better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. A fool's laughter is quickly gone like thorns crackling in a fire. This also is meaningless. Now, I know when you get up in the morning and you read the daily bread, daily devotions, uh, you're looking for a word of encouragement. I know when you come to church, you're looking for a word to help you get through the week. And I know that most of you don't get up in the morning and pray, Lord, please send someone today to give me a good rebuke. No, 
A rebuke is hard to receive. A correction is hard to receive. But when suffering comes into our life, it's God's way of correcting us. God's way of changing us. When people come with a word of correction, it might hurt and be painful. But if we take it to heart, it could change us and be profitable. I mean, who speaks into your life and tells you when you're off? Who speaks into your life and helps you to keep on the right track? Now, we should look for something uplifting, but we shouldn't neglect the importance of a rebuke, the importance of a correction. Anticipate correction, accept correction, then appreciate correction, and then apply it to your life. In Proverbs, it says this, Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Now, some people have the ministry of rebuke. Don't stay around them. But if you have someone that really loves you and cares about you, open your heart to them and listen with deep listening. In Proverbs 25, 12, it says this, to one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other gold um, jewelry. So in the hard place where you feel difficulty rebuking you or someone says something to you, you're going off track in a trial. In that season, you're responding wrongly to the trial. Don't close down. And then it says, better is to patiently endure hard times than resist in pride. In verses 8 to 10, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Let me take that apart. First of all, finishing is better than starting. Anybody in a marathon knows it's not how you start, but how you finish the race. It's the completion of the novel, the completion of the story that gives meaning to the whole. So it's how we finish the race that's important. And he goes on to say, patience is better than pride. The idea here is that you're going to wait for things to unfold. You're not going to have a knee-jerk response by becoming angry. And saying, anger labels you a fool. And then you look and say, oh, the good old days. Well, the good old days, yeah? Often it's the good old days is a bad memory and a good imagination. The good old days, they didn't have washing machines back there. The good old days didn't have dishwashers, didn't have microwaves, didn't have cell phones. Uh, The good old days, well, you know, don't magnify the past and you you can't go into your future by driving and looking in the rear view mirror take a glance at it now and then it help you to acclimate but you can't drive forward by looking backward and that's what Solomon is saying wisely navigate through the seasons of life patiently Uh, Someone said it this way, and we say it this way in our culture. It says, all's well that ends well. 
Let God be the one. Let God be the one who you trust in the various seasons of life. In 2000, 27-year-old young man developed third-stage cancer going through his body. Newly married, a son, wife. He prayed, oh God, please spare me. I don't want to leave my wife by herself. I want to raise my son. And he simply prayed. Now he he went through chemotherapy, radiation, and wasted down to almost nothing, skin and bones. But that experience at 27 years old helped him to see life like an older man. To be able to number our days is what the Bible tells us to do. Uh, That man is Alex, back in 2000, had cancer. God spared him. We thank God for that. But it's impacted him in such a way that he sees life differently. And see, that's what God wants to do in the bad times. That's what God wants to do in the difficult times that you and I all pass through the various seasons of life. He wants to change our paradigm so that we live not for the moment, but we live for eternity. That we live not for just this moment, but we live so that our lives will count. Now Solomon goes on in this passage of Scripture. And what he does is this. He tells us, Recognize God has ordained all the seasons of life. In verses 13 to 14, consider what God has done, who can straighten what he has made crooked. When times are good, be happy. When times are bad, consider God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, man cannot discover anything about his future. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Now, there are times that God may speak and reveal things to us. But so very often, 10 years ago, would you imagine you would be where you are today? And you've gone through the things that you've gone over these past 10 years, or 20 years, or five years. We don't know, but he knows. He knows. And when you get to those points in life where everything just seems to say, how does this fit in? How does that fit in? How does this work in my life? How does that work? How is this going to be good for our family? On and on, you think about those things. Remember this. Adversity can be the loving hands of God giving you a severe mercy. Hudson Taylor that well-known missionary wrote this. He said, the great enemy is always ready with his oft-repeated suggestion, all things are against me. But, uh, oh, how false the word, the cold and even the hunger, the watchings and the sleeplessness of nights of danger, the feeling of time, at times of utter isolation and helplessness were well and wisely chosen and tenderly and lovingly meted out. What circumstances could have rendered the word of God sweeter 
and the presence of God so real and the help of God so precious. It's in those moments that you depend on God's word. It's in those moments you're driven to spend time in his presence and lean on the everlasting arms. It's in those moments that you begin to trust and know God in a deeper way. What Solomon is saying, wisely trust God through the seasons of life, the good, the bad. See, God gives you good things, well, to encourage you. He gives you difficult things so you won't become proud. It's a balance in one hand and the other hand, and and God knows everything about us, how he's shaping us. Job's wife looked at the situation, and she said, Job, curse God and die. And Job replied, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Sometimes the trouble we go through is the best gift he ever gives you because it helps you to number your days that you might apply your heart to wisdom. Dale Martin wrote this poem about the shaping of a disciple. When God wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man, when God wants to mold a man to play for him the noblest part, When he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man that all the world shall be amazed, then watch God's methods and watch his way. How he ruthlessly perfects whom he royally elects. How he hammers him and hurts him and with mighty blows converts him, making shapes and forms which only God himself can understand. Even while his man is crying, lifting a beseeching hand, yet God bends but never breaks when man's good he undertakes, when he uses whom he chooses and with every purpose fuses man to act and act to man. As it was when he began, when God tries his splendor out, man will know what he's about. God is shaping the vessel. Don't argue with him when you can't understand him. Just wisely walk with him through the seasons of life. When sorrow comes, embrace it and bring it to him and ask him, what lesson do you have in this place of sorrow. When he rebukes, the correction comes through the trial you're passing through to an individual who speaks to you. However it might come, think, reflect. Let it sink into your spirit and give you the guidance that you need. Don't don't spend your time running from your trials and trying always to understand them. Simply walk wisely with God, trusting him 
in every season of life, whether it is good or whether it is bad, whether it is difficult or you're on a mountaintop, place it in His hands. The Word of God is always useful to study, and the book of Ecclesiastes is no different. This book shares the truth of God's presence that is always with us in this life and gives us encouragement in the midst of life's hardships. As you search for meaning among the mayhem, we pray you find it in God's plan for your life. Pastor Ed Jones will have more to share from this series on the next edition of Building in Faith, but you can find additional messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to Home Page. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a home church is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close today, we'd like to say thank you for joining us. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your Word restores.